Hey everybody, it's Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Charlotte. Yay! (laughs) Charlotte. Charlotte. We're joined by uh, Rooster Teeth Royalty, Charlotte McGrath. I don't know about Uh, that. Hey, hold on, I'm sorry. You're royal to me. Charlotte, can we can we can we just take an aside really quick? What the fuck are you doing? All right, I don't know. I told Believe you that. I told them. I told them on the last episode that we got Barack fucking Obama. All right, <laughs> that's true. He did. What? I yeah. re- and I'm really I really shouldn't have worn this tan suit. It's just <laughs> blunder after blunder. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is a fantastic episode for so many reasons. You get to hear Charlotte make a bunch of zingers. You get to hear Paige lose her fucking mind over some dumb bullshit again. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, and also, I'm there. Getting mad yep. about not getting Bible jokes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laugh at Armando not understanding who how the crucifixion went down. Yeah. And the stages of the cross. And isn't, it, isn't it weird that I don't know any of that shit, but I have a deep understanding of Rastafarianism? Isn't yes. That, isn't that strange? No, almost it's not like, that strange. Almost like I was a, a very edgy teenager who just wanted an excuse to smoke weed. Anyway, yep. uh, and those two things do not go hand in hand, by the way. They but, don't. But if you want your Christmas to be 100% like more brutal, mm-hmm. same with Easter, Christianity. Fuck yes. yeah. Fuck yeah. Easter, it's not just a time off from work. Uh, it's, most people don't get Easter you gotta off. I turn worked the many lights in Easter. For three <laughs> hours. <laughs> yes. You got to find the eggs. Uh, before- or, or else Jesus gets it. <laughs> if you don't find all these fucking eggs, Jesus can't come back. They are the keys to the tomb which we locked him in. Oh my God, I've been playing Tomb Raider for a week and a half. This is too real. <laughs> Uh, that's a little Easter egg joke for you. Anyway, um, <laughs> before we get started, we've got some news. First piece of news, we got a Patreon. Ba-ba-bam. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Check out the tiers and rewards we have there. Go do it. Thank you so much for supporting us. We love you. Uh, also, you can find our show on Rooster Teeth, which is an app and a website and a place that pays us. Yes. Go to roosterteeth.com, download the app on your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television, your Xbox, your mobile device, all that really fun stuff. Um, Yeah, that's it. I think without any further ado, let's get into this fucking batshit crazy episode. Hello. Hello. the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Okay, I've been thinking about how I'm going to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think I'm ready. Okay. 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 <clears throat> okay. It's Charlotte. Oh, it's Charlotte. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Hi, it's Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Charlotte from Rooster Teeth Funhouse Kit Betrayal. All the good things. The works. Fr- from the family McGrath. 
Yes. I first of her name. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Number one Google search, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. Yeah. How does it feel, Armando? You're on a podcast with two people who have better SEO than you. Feels pretty good. Shouldn't have picked this generic ass Mexican name. <laughs> You can just change it. I know. Yeah. It's a super easy, streamlined process. It's not a headache and there's not a lot of paperwork involved. Yeah. It definitely doesn't take years and taxes and get complicated when you get married. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not a problem. I'm thinking of changing it to Armando Ocho Cinco. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you should pick a different number just for fun. I'm going to do it in English. Let's <laughs> be Charlotte 85. <laughs> Uh, I support all of these decisions, all of them. Uh, so we are here to continue our discussion on Rudolf Steiner. How are we all feeling about it? Well, Charlotte was actually telling me that she's a huge Rudolf Steiner fan. Like oh, I'm, this is going to be a like problematic I'm episode for you. Walked into something. I don't. I don't remember saying you, that. I, I. I'm pretty sure you didn't. I, I am like a hundred percent that you didn't. Oh, Rudolf St- Steiner. Yeah. Or Steiner. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Day one. <laughs> Long time uh, listener. Yeah, that guy goes balls to the Waldorf. <laughs> uh, I have his first album and his first first album. Um, so a little, a little, uh, I guess, housekeeping from last week. Yes, I know that Goethe wrote Faust. It doesn't enter into Rudolf Steiner's belief system at all. That's why we didn't cover it. Secondly, many of you were kind enough to send pronunciation guides for Goethe, which I am apparently still getting wrong, uh, because <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, you idiot, it's pronounced Goethe. <laughs> How dare you? Um, no, apparently that O-E sound is something that does not exist in American language, hmm. based American English, and so we're all bad at it, because... I tried so hard and then got a bunch of pronunciation guides that to me sounded exactly like what I said, where it almost felt like that SNL sketch of like, noonie, no, noonie. And you're like, I'm, that's what I'm, am I going crazy? Like, pretty sure that's what I said. So, you know what? It's just going to be wrong. So sorry. Trying my hardest. Go Looked te. up pronunciation guides for a lot of stuff. Gote. Gote. What is Close enough. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced goatsy. <laughs> and if you I mean you can google that anyone at home can google that you very easily you, you should not bang it you can ask Jeeves you yeah, can uh, ask Jeeves Jeeves I'm pretty sure Goatsy is why Jeeves quit <laughs> I've seen too much sir <laughs> oh no how funny would it be if the Goatsy guy is responsible for all of this literature <laughs> Can I can like I just, that's just what he was doing his free time. I don't know what Goatsy is, and I have never I have resisted the urge to look it up. No, thank you. Uh I mean you you can if you want, or I can to. just spoil it for you. Good. No, don't no, no no. I'm staying pure in one tiny little aspect of the There internet. you go. Yeah. There you go. Hold on. Just texting Charlotte a picture don't. real quick. I'm getting a, I'm getting a text. Mondo, a... No. What? It's <laughs> dish oh man it's some kind of tartar oh man anyway and they compared it to the way we say goebbels 
like Goebbels and Goering, and I'm like, again, sounds the same. I like Goebbels. Goebbels and hamsters. (laughs) Well, that's what they say that when we say Goebbels, it sounds more like gerbil. Like gerbils, yeah. Yeah, and it shouldn't. There's no R in it. And I'm like, but the only way I know how to make that sound is with an R, so. Goethe. 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 Yeah. But regardless, we are talking about Rudolf Steiner today, who has a much more pronounceable name. Thank you. Um, As you may remember from last week, and Charlotte, I know you weren't here, but don't Mm -hmm. worry. It's not going to be a big deal. I'm not. Okay. Um, Steiner was obsessed with Goethe and ends up editing his complete life works. We're going to do a little bit of a backtrack to show how Steiner gets there. We know how Goethe got there by writing faust and then a fuck ton of dick poems and then dying i would assume five to six inches inside a lady (laughs) who knows um and this is about 30 years after his death that steiner starts to work on his complete works uh so let's go back to steiner's life so uh rudolf steiner's father johan also sometimes listed as johannes uh, started his career out as a gamekeeper. Now, do either of you know what a gamekeeper is? Yeah, it's one of them guys that done run a Dungeons and Dragons. Nope. Damn it. Charlotte, any guesses? I was going to do some kind of game thing. I feel like Mondo yeah, kind of took it out from under me. Hold on. I, uh, maybe like a dun- Dungeon Master. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a Dungeon Master? <laughs> well... Essentially, a gamekeeper is a hunter for hire. Uh, oddly enough, in the episode of Horror Virgin that comes out today, somebody is a gamekeeper. It's it's identified as a different name. They call it a, a shooter for hire. Hmm. But it's essentially somebody that hunts for pay. They're not just hunting to feed themselves. They're doing it for a reason. It could be any number of things. Uh, reducing the population, mm-hmm. food for other people, mm-hmm. um, hate, furs hate does that does that mean that a bounty hunter is uh the most dangerous gamekeeper yeah basically thank you because this person is like an animal hitman oh oh wait actually i like that way more why didn't they oh i saw animal hitman Uh, at the tlc in philly they were yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so uh in steiner's father johannes's case he actually worked for a count who presided over a parcel of land in southern Austria. And while he was there, he met one of the family's housemaids. Um, She does not come back into the story after she gives birth to Rudolf Steiner, but if you're curious, her name is Francisca. Anyway, she was about five years younger than him, which on this show, achievement. Like, compared to what we normally see, that is shockingly age-appropriate. Yeah. Um, Regardless, he asked the Count for permission to marry her, and the Count refused and i know all of this sounds pretty medieval but you have to remember that this is approximately 1850 so even if a count yeah exactly (laughs) so even if a count doesn't want you to marry their housekeeper there's fuck all they can do about it so they get married anyway and johannes gets a new job working as a telegraph operator for the railroad 
and this is a part of the story that a lot of people don't talk about. They don't talk about his parents or childhood all that much. Um, I just think it's super interesting that you could be working for a count as their like hunter and then be like, nah, I'll just go work for the railroad. It's like this like old timey job to a modern job yeah. that I find really interesting. It really does sound like he's just kind of walking around the monopoly board of life. Yeah. Well, I felt like when I was reading it, I was like, that's like saying I'm leaving my job as the person who tastes a king's drinks for poison to become an Uber driver. Yeah. Like, that's that's how it felt to me. Yeah. It's just like leaving this old timey thing to become this new. Timey that's thing. that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how ridiculous it is. Like knocking up accounts made sounds like a community chest card that you would get. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, you knocked up the maid. Don't don't pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. And and this is a time where you where a guy could a guy uh could just uh-huh. walk in anywhere and say, I would like a job. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's exactly what happens. Where he's like, I I have no experience with telegraphs, but here are these dead animals. Give me a job. Let me send you a message, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and then he puts a hair on the desk. It's so fucking strange. So he doesn't have any qualifications, but he does have a penis. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I we know. hire him, right? Right? I yeah. Like the cut of this guy's jib. He's got moxie. He shoots from the hip, and he's got a gun. <laughs> yeah, he literally <laughs> shoots it, from the hip. It's aimed at me from his hip. <laughs> at deer, because they are everywhere. Um, we've really <laughs> got to take care of it. They keep running and jumping in front of our carriages. So <laughs> if we don't hit them. We go so slow. But it's what if we yeah, did? You know, Can you imagine? God, it would just destroy the whole front. I'm, so, um, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm still not over animal hitman, and we're talking about the deer. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was a modern day job, and somebody's like, "Yeah, I work in Queens shooting pigeons." <laughs> like <laughs> that's. That's what you did, well, a- and I know. Here's the terrible thing: I know it is still a job, and this sounds crazy because uh, I learned via TikTok, and again, I talked about this on Horror Virgin today too. Uh, there's a huge camel problem in Australia that they shoot from helicopters. <laughs> what? what? Why? Wait. Okay. There's just too many of them. They there- don't have a natural predator, so they've overbred, and you know, whatever. Well, that's like uh, the- Australia has learned its lesson, hopefully, from the kangaroo wars. Where they right. lost yeah. more men than kangaroos. Yes, so they, they and that's why just... kangaroos just kind of were allowed to, you know, yeah. they're yeah. the hitman now. I'm the captain now. The camel's natural predator is obviously the cigarette, and those just are no longer indigenous to Australia. Oh, we're going to get into some cigarettes later in this episode. Oh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I ain't had a <laughs> cigarette in years. I'm down. <laughs> so, all this to say... In 1861, 25th of February, if you want to be precise, Mm. Rudolf Joseph Lorenz Steiner was born. And there's some debate as to whether it was the 25th or the 27th of February. In his biography, he says it was the 25th and he was baptized on the 27th, which actually makes a lot of sense because that'd be your christening day. So that's the day you get your name. Hmm. Anyway, um, it doesn't matter. Records at this time weren't super great. Um regardless he was born into a town that i cannot pronounce uh so i will try uh Muricurali? question mark your guess is as good as mine uh it's modern day kraljevik also question mark. oh kraljevik <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah 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 i saw kraljevik open up for animal hitman <laughs> they were okay yeah, were, uh, yeah. really underwhelming yeah 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 
Yeah, I was more into Pigeon Murderer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite fucking album. <laughs> so at the time, this was still part of Austro-Hungary. Uh, but Napoleon had really fucked around Europe and found out uh, about 30 to 40 years before this. So... <laughs> The Holy Roman Empire, as it was previously called, and specifically this portion of their Austro-Hungarian Empire, was still intact, but not doing great. Things are not awesome. And this is just interesting to note uh, what this city is. So this part of Austro-Hungary is now what we know as modern-day Croatia, if you're curious about, like, where this was. Yeah. So... I know it sounds like I've been going through a lot of Austro-Hungarian history in these episodes, but at the end of Steiner's life, it will become very important because he's kind of a perfectly positioned dude to have one foot in the past history of this region and then drastically and terribly influence the future. And we'll get to it. Sort of like gamekeeping to telegraph sending. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, If telegraph sending was creating some philosophies that lead to the deaths of a lot of people. Hey, hey, we've all been there. Yeah. Let's not cancel the guy, okay? (laughs) No, let's. Let's. Oh, I forgot. Very cancelable. I forgot to tell you. Charlotte's always talking about cancel culture and how stupid it is. (laughs) Oh, I also, I'm just realizing now, I did not go through any sources because we got too busy talking about murdering animals. So, super fast. Uh... We've got Rudolf Steiner, Life and Work by Peter Sieg, The Collected Works of Rudolf Steiner, Esoteric Lessons from 1904 to 1909. Uh, We have uh, No Religion Higher Than Truth, a history of the, I'm going to omit what this movement was because we'll talk about it in a second. And I don't want you to get too excited too early by Maria Carlson. Uh, And then we have... uh, Goethe in Science by Rudolf Steiner. And then we have a number of writings by Peter Stoudemire, who is a professor at Marquette, Marquette University. He's one of the few people who have like extensively studied Steiner. So we have Rudolf Steiner and the Jewish question, racial and ethnic <laughs> evolution in Rudolf Steiner's Anthroposophy. The, the uh, the yeah, uh huh. The Jewish yeah, question. The Jewish we question. We must cancel this man. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, hold we on. Should. The question no. is do you want to go for Schwitz? <laughs> I could nosh, could you? <laughs> um, and finally, between occultism and Nazism, and our very last source, one of our faves, the list of people who've claimed to be Jesus. Uh, yeah. We'll go through it. Nice. So, anyway, so. Fun fact one of them was that Jew Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Fraud. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not my messiah (laughs) oh yeah she's always talking about canceling jesus christ it's insane i wanted them to free baracus (laughs) (laughs) do you see that tiktok of him flipping tables it was on world star um that's funny i wanted them to free jesus went sicko mode (laughs) it's in the bible oh man I'm trying out his three-day cleanse. Um, (laughs) You die because of a lack of nutrients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that was the joke. He's the originator of CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, God. Sorry, I am still high marks for I wanted them to free Baracus. That is deep Bible cuts that I love. Okay. Yeah, I'm in church on like 
on that whatever mass that is. I'm like, yes, fuck yes. <laughs> yes, yes, hell yes, ruckus. my boy. Thank you, Pontius. <laughs> Thank you, Pontius. <laughs> King shit. Em- uh, emperor shit? I'd, Ruler shit. Uh, 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 I believe governor shit. Governor shit. Uh, you'd high five him, but his hands are wet. <laughs> I don't understand any of these jokes. <laughs> Do you think Jesus ever was like, hey, what's a stigmata with ya? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh oy vey. <laughs> Thanks for this crown, but this situation is thorny. Um, okay. So... <laughs> I don't appreciate okay. it. He kind of died for our sins. Maybe give him a little <laughs> bit of respect. Is he his dad? His dad is him. I'm so confused. But then also the Holy Spirit. It's, also the, it's the triumvirate. Uh, so quick sign of the cross. <laughs> Yo, sorry. I, I know this is an aside, but I rode a cross country flight recently, and the guy next to me was reading the Bible the entire time and did the sign of the cross when we landed. Oh no. So, Oh, wow. Fear not if you can't get a, a Zanny prescription. Dear listeners, God will help you. <laughs> I t- yeah, that's my favorite Drake lyric. I took half a Bible and I'm out like a light. <laughs> I mean, if you're reading that section of Genesis that's just genealogy, or I think it's Matthew that's actually genealogy, that could put you out. I don't know. It was a Vietnamese Bible, <laughs> so I couldn't tell where he was. <laughs> no idea. Uh, so there's not a ton or back to Rudolf Steiner. Thank you for this wonderful intermission of hilarious Bible jokes. Um, there's not a ton of information about Steiner's childhood, at least nothing super interesting. He goes to a few different schools. His family moves a few times, but overall things seem aggressively normal and unremarkable. And this is kind of going to be the case for a lot of Steiner's life where he is someone who wants to be remarkable, but just isn't. And this will lead him to attach himself to people who are remarkable or make up things to make himself sound remarkable. It's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> like, the more you get into it, you're just like, bro, stop. Yeah. Rudolph, I, mean, I don't think your uncle works at Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> that was the same fucking my dad's John Cena and he could beat up your dad. Yeah. Uh prove Do it. Less. <laughs> I can't prove it. You can't see him. The time is now. <laughs> when I was a kid, it, it was never Nintendo. It was, uh, my dad works at Konami and uh mm, the the huh. people who made Yu-Gi-Oh. And uh one time this guy told me that this kid told me that and everyone said that and I didn't believe him. And then his dad actually did work at Konami. <laughs> And he gave us a bunch of really rare uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards because he was like, yeah, they're, you know, they're cards. You're supposed to play with them. But the thing is, is that he flooded the market at our school. So everyone just had the best Yu-Gi-Oh cards and no one could win. It was like we all had nuclear capabilities. It was just a whole schoolyard of superpowers. Right. Wow. That's an interesting test case, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Game's no longer fun when everyone can fucking bring out slifer the three-eyed dragon or whatever the fuck we played marbles i, wish I knew what that was we played marbles, marbles and then everyone moved on to magic the gathering but i was too partial to marbles so i never made the jump did you play pogs uh, i never pogged down uh i pogged down pretty hard. yeah i look up pogs <laughs> what are we t- are we still talking about the fun stuff 
flip in a pod. Hey, remember the Bible? <laughs> I didn't like that. I don't like those jokes. You guys talking about the Bible is like your friends came back from camp and they're just doing a bunch of inside <laughs> jokes. And they're like, <laughs> Jesus on the cross. And everyone's like, ah. Everyone knows that one. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that one. Yeah. I know that yeah. at least. Yeah, you grew up yeah. Catholic. Yeah, and I hated every minute minute of it. So let me make my jokes. It was <laughs> yeah. it was hell. She had to kneel. Had she to had to kneel, kneel through services, oh, and that hurts like a bitch sometimes. Oh my god, you think you had it, it bad? You know what I had to do every Sunday? Sit through a goddamn Eagles game. You think I'm complaining? Go birds! Go birds! <laughs> Go birds! I mean, at least at least at my church, we got to stand or sit as we chose, and there was a rock band there. What? So, you oh. know. What denomination? Oh, non-denominational oh, California Christian. Okay, what yeah. up? What I, up? I've, what up? I've shirked my faith, but I do still maintain the sort of uh, holier-than-thou attitude towards literally yes. anyone that's not Catholic. Like, Methodist? <laughs> what the fuck? Are you, what's this what fake fuck? bullshit? What are, you, what are you doing? Protestant. Well, also, I mean, like, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm Irish, so I gotta hate the Protestants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I mean, it's in it's in your potato blood. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just o- overwhelmingly starchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> back to Stein, back to Steiner. We got to talk about him. At some I know. Point. No, it's okay. Potato blood just sounds like a drink you can get at TGI Fridays, and I love it. <laughs> no, or or what is it? Guy Fieri's oh whatever my grill. God, yeah. They opened for Animal Hit Man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So in 1879, he ends up enrolling in the Vienna Institute of Technology, where according to his biography and a lot of pro Steiner websites, he studies mathematics, physics, chemistry, botany, zoology, mineralogy, literature, and finally philosophy. And as I mentioned before, he wanted to be remarkable. So credit where credit is due. He works super hard in school. He's a fucking nerd. Like, nerd ass nerd and he works so hard that he maintains a scholarship for that entire four years he's in school for academic excellence so like he is actually doing the work at this point point. Uh, and during his third year a uh, junior year in the U.S. one of his professors recommends him for a special project now I want to pause and say that this did happen. And I know this is something we run into with cult leaders a lot where they're like, they put me on a special project. And then you like look into it and they're like, we just wanted him to leave us alone, you know, or whatever. This is a case where we know this actually did happen. He did get assigned to a special team. Multiple sources verify it. Sources that aren't him verify it. Um, but it it's not exactly the way he characterizes it. In his biographies, though. So this is where he meets a man named Joseph Kirshner. So Joseph Kirshner was tasked with editing and compiling a new edition of the works of Goethe. So if you look at the pro Steiner websites, they'll say things like this, uh, that Steiner was asked to become the edition's natural science editor a truly astonishing opportunity for a young student without any form of academic credentials or previous publications. But it's not all that astonishing, and here's why. So, remember, he's not the main editor of the project. Kirshner is, and they're going through the entire works of Goethe, which means 
that Steiner's just handling the science portions, which, by the way, as we mentioned last week, smallest portions. They gave the best student Faust and then spread the next best students around the dick poems. So, like, (laughs) he's getting bottom of the barrel gutta. So, like, it's not, he's like, what an honor. And they're just like, finally, uh, we didn't want to do the science shit because everyone already knows it's wrong. Uh, we were going to concentrate on the dick poems. So, <laughs> I'd lo- yeah, sorry, I just, I'm realizing that he was in Ye Old Gate program. That's what he <laughs> Absolutely. Got yes. Yes. Uh, Ye Old Book Club. Did you not, so- did you not have Gate in school, Charlotte? I have no idea what that is. Is it an acronym? Yeah, it's for gifted and talented education. And talented education. Oh, they, I, which, we had we had like gifted shit. It was called yeah. hu- humanities. Yes. <laughs> it was called huge manatees. It was yeah. fucking no. Good. Yeah, it was a teacher. Humanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He always. He was. It turns out he was a manatee pretending to be a man. None of us saw it. Yeah. Really sad story. He got yeah. crucified. <laughs> Great mustache, though. They don't really do that anymore. Great mustache. Great, Great mustache. mustache. Let's give it Great. up for Hugh, everybody. Yeah. Yes. All I all I'm saying though is let's say it sounds too like gone one of the- too soon. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Swimming away into that beautiful ocean of life. Oh, aren't, aren't man. like manatees and dugongs the like basis for mermaids? Yeah. Or sirens. Yes, because. Yeah. Yes, because their genitalia are the closest to humans. Yeah. <laughs> they got a real human ass pussy. Thank you, Manser. <laughs> pussy. Give me that human ass pussy. <laughs> yeah, they must have been horny this year. <laughs> and then dashed themselves upon the rocks. Yeah. Ulysses is like, got- let me hear this. Let me hear this fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like she wants me. Oh, it sounds like my bitch wife. I'll be right back, fellas. <laughs> you know, if you really think about it, these manatees are huge sluts. Okay, I'm sorry. That was an inside joke. And I enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, anyway, this is the first time that Steiner really tries to kind of like spin the facts of his life where he makes this smaller assignment out to be something huge. And also, this is his kind of first big introduction to what I'll call alternative sciences. So specifically Goethean science, where this is a time in history where you can just damn near declare yourself a doctor of anything. Oh, yeah. So he heavily (laughs) invests his time and energy into Goethe's science work, even though even at the time it is provably wrong. (laughs) Like we covered last week where... It's disproven in its time. And people are basically like, nice thought experiment. Facts, though. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Are you going to just like as a quick refresher, the science that he's talking about is basically like an alternative to the hypothesis theory of or the hypothesis yes. method where you have a hypothesis, you set up an experiment, you do it multiple times to prove it. Uh, his was like you have to you have to take into account how you're how you're feeling when you do it. Yeah, your observations and your emotions are so important to science. Oh, okay, that's gonna come up a lot, but essentially, it's observation is king. Yeah, and human observation specifically is the most valuable authority in science. So. 
fa- it, facts are disregarded. In fact, there's a huge movement at the time um, kind of tied in with this where your senses are, it's almost like it takes this one step further where it's like your senses are unreliable because anything that you think could just be an illusion or a hallucination so the only reality is your perception so it's the idea of like like let's say uh you see someone get hit by a car but you could imagine that like it's maybe it didn't happen so your only reality is the sound and the emotions that you felt around an event that may or may not be real I mean, what a luxury to have the time to think about that all the time, (laughs) I guess. Who has the time to to really meditate on the reality of tangible matter, I guess? I hate this example because it means there's like somebody witnessing a car crash and somebody's like, oh (laughs) oh my God. And there's just a man standing next to him and goes, well, hold on now. Did it really? Did it really happen? Did it really happen? They're about to go save the people and he's like, well... What? What? Well, hold on. What? Keep what? it in the holster, Tex. <laughs> okay. I'm still figuring yeah. out how I feel about this. Yeah. And the and only I reality you know I know, I can, I realize that I can smell blood, but that doesn't mean an accident happened. There's uh, <laughs> a man bleeding out this. in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I hear anguished screaming, cries of pain. Yeah. However... What am I seeing? Yeah. What am I smelling? What am I tasting? <laughs> right. There's... How do I feel about it? Do I feel like I should walk away and get an icy? Ooh. Or do I feel... <laughs> One yeah. of them cold Johns. Yeah. <laughs> One of them icy Johns. Yes. I just like that there's a dying man 20 feet away being like... Or, 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 or. <laughs> and then the guy's like, hold on. Pipe down, lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now wait, now wait a minute. Now that's My a human ass just pussy. changed. <laughs> yeah. If I ever saw one. Um, regardless, I mean, even though essentially this philosophy boils down to everything in life is a Jacob's Ladder scenario, <laughs> uh, that's kind of where this basis, this is where, where it takes hold, is like there's people on one side who are like, so we tested this, so we know facts, and then the other people who are just like, but how'd you feel about those facts? And like, not, they they are at war. Um, so Steiner becomes one of the foremost authorities on Gotian science at the time, to the point where he ends up working specifically in Goethe's archives for the next eight years. So during that time, he also gets a doctorate in philosophy, just like Goethe, and writes a dissertation that exactly no one really cared about at the time. King shit. That's awesome. King shit. Yes. But that dissertation was enough to get him another editing job. Although this time he was the editor for Nietzsche's archives. And at this time, Nietzsche is still alive. And Steiner was hired by Nietzsche's sister. And she does she introduce. Che. Yeah. She She, she che. Che. I don't know. That sounds Uh, sounds like a real Nietzsche joke. (laughs) I do have her name. It's just she only appears in this story for a second, Mm -hmm. so I didn't use it. But uh, Shiche introduces (laughs) Steiner to Nietzsche, uh, sort of. Because at this time, Nietzsche was catatonic and unresponsive. Oh, tight. Oh, man. Because it's at the end of his life, basically. Uh, But regardless, yes. Yep. 
Uh, Steiner likes to credit this meeting as super important to his work. And then he writes a whole book about Nietzsche. No one asked him to do it. He just does. Hmm. Yeah. Nietzsche definitely didn't ask him to do it. What is the, sorry, clarifying question. The editor of an archive. What What's the job? Just being like, that, don't need this. <laughs> Bullshit, um, bullshit. Bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. Um, I think a lot of it is comparing multiple drafts to find mm, a unified draft. I understand. Okay. Kind of like canonization, I guess, if you want to kind of compare it to something. The um, people? Yeah. No, he put them in canons and saw which one went the farthest. And he went, this one, <laughs> right. this is the good book. He's like, how do I feel about this? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Ezekiel goes into the Bible. <laughs> like, he flew... Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I think he's mostly just reviewing their archives of work and the drafts and things that they have, compiling them, picking the draft that seems to be the most consistent, and then republishing them as, like, collections of work. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no worries. So there's also something else happening at this time. Napoleon's long gone. And the Austro-Hungarian Empire is crumbling because they were super weakened by having to go to war with a bunch of people for a long time. All the people that lived in that Austro-Hungarian Empire and the empires around it start to reorganize themselves into what we would call ethnostates. Essentially, instead of everyone being under one empire, like Rome, where you could be Jewish, Greek, Assyrian, any number of things, and you're just under this giant empire umbrella. You're still your own thing, but everybody is Rome, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The same was kind of true for the Austro-Hungarian Empire, where it's like, we're all different stuff, but we're all under this one umbrella. So as that empire is crumbling, they start to organize based on essentially people with common ancestry, which is problematic. Um... We'll get to it. But this is where we start to see the formation of what will become modern day Germany and Austria. Um, now, Goethe, dead at this point, not involved with this at all. Just people taking his work out of context after death. He was fairly anti-nationalism in his lifetime. Um, but after his death, especially with some of his literature, people kind of put him on this pedestal of an example of someone being quote-unquote authentically Germanic and this idea of pan-German. So like he's the German ideal and his work is specifically German oh, no. as a cultural touchstone. Okay. Don't see anything wrong with that. I want, I can't see that spinning off into anything in particular in oh, that part of the world. Stuff's Stuff is gonna spin off, by the way. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go back to the Rome days where we were just like, yeah, this is Europe with Rome, sublime with Rome. It's just you. Just, <laughs> I like that better. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, Steiner latches onto this idea of being essentially authentically German. And even though he <laughs> is living in Austria at the time, he's actually encouraging fellow Austrians that like. Maybe we should either do the same or join Germany and become an even larger kind of ethnostate because these are people who have all lived in the same region for a long time. It's going to come up later, oh, yeah. as you can imagine, given the time period and where we are. I don't know. I can't think of a single other Austrian that wanted to be the most pure <laughs> German he could be. 
We'll get to you him. leave Einstein alone. <laughs> <laughs> leave Arnold out of this. I'm tapped out. Oh, no, That's all I got. No. <laughs> what 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 year are we at about? Ooh, this is right about 1900, just a little okay. before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got we got roughly 30 years till shit pops off real, but right, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I had to get the third one in there <laughs> yeah of course um so all of this seems uh, not cool but like remarkable from a historical context but it's just more of Goethe and Nietzsche being remarkable and Steiner riding their coattails and Steiner needed something to set him apart. And what he found was one of our favorite topics on this show. No. Armando, do you have a guess? Is it theosophy? It is theosophy! No. Yes! I mean, it makes sense because it's the most bullshit. Your feelings are more important than your observations and facts. Ass fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. Theosophy. Yep. It sounds like a location and destiny too it might but. as well be in fact i think <laughs> yes. the point of philosophy is that the ascended destiny masters came down from that location and tried to teach yeah. us the secrets of a higher plane of existence i should have seen it when the book title was called there no religion higher or some shit <laughs> yeah well and the one that i left out was like a history of theosophy <laughs> so i was like i was gonna give it away immediately um <sighs> Now, here is something very interesting, though, because we have covered a lot of modern theosophical religions. And by modern, I mean 1950s forward. And this is OG theosophy mm. because he's joining Helena Blavatsky's Theosophical Society. Yep. So literally OG. The the idea behind theosophy, Charlotte, by the way, is that there are... Why did you think I didn't know? <laughs> I could see you Googling in the reflection of your glasses. I was thinking about it. I hadn't yet, but... Uh, why, is he, why are you looking up Goatsy so many times? Jesus! <laughs> uh, because he wrote all those poems. <laughs> Duh. He wrote all those stretched asshole poems. Oh, that's Goatsy. Okay, I know what Goatsy is. <laughs> I just hadn't connected the dots. <laughs> Neither could he after that. <laughs> <laughs> the idea behind theosophy is that uh, essentially, and this is more in its modern time, it, it, it kind of transitions throughout its existence, is that there is, uh, an ascent, there is a higher plane where ascended beings exist. Uh, and every so often those ascending beings will come down to us to teach us how that we can ascend and then join them on the higher plane of existence. It's very usable in terms of like, you can really plug in whatever you want. So some people make it like God and like the higher plane is heaven. And some people make it like UFOs. Me. Yeah. And I have to fuck all your wives yeah. to get onto the UFO. Oh yeah. Everyone does that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Or the UFO told us to build this giant imaginary library. Let's get to oh work. Oh my god. Yeah. Some people are fucking nerds and they use it to make a space library. 
But the there's <laughs> multiple space libraries. Yeah, we're gonna talk about one today. Oh too. my fucking god! Of course Hell we yes. are. The point of it is, is that theosophy is that in a nutshell, it's a higher plane where ascended beings live, uh, and you're supposed to try to like transcend yourself, become more than human spiritually, so that you can get to that, and then you no longer live on this plane of existence. But theosophy also opens itself up to, like Paige said regular ass people just claiming to be ascended beings on a spiritual vacation for some reason uh claiming to have all of the secrets but more often than not either fucking you or asking you to kill yourself yeah or Or both um or both or in this case because this is og theosophy using thought experiments to be super racist yeah. like what? the most racist oh my god what who would do that madame oh blavatsky for one madame blavatsky <laughs> would do it we're gonna talk about her for a little bit um so this is also the basis of a lot of modern occultist thought now the good depending on where you encounter the things that have been plucked from theosophy along the way it's good or bad uh it could it could be any number of things um yeah people have used it for everything from believe in yourself and that's what you need to achieve the things that you want to achieve so like self-starter kind of chaos magic all the way to that's why the whites are the leading race yeah. <laughs> so like because by definition it is a belief meant to better yourself spiritually like always be working on yourself but also right. the insinuation is that there are a certain group of people that exist that are already that there. are already there <laughs> that are very pure that uh, uh, are very good and it is their responsibility to uh, fix everyone who is not that's awful nice of them Mm-hmm. Uh, but also a lot of those people, because this grows very much out of secret schools and secret societies in Europe, which is largely people with too much money and time LARPing mm. and doing any number of drugs. Hell yeah. So this is, you know, we're scratching right at the door of like Crowleyism as well. And so like. It's that whole kind of spiritualist movement of I'm a rich kid and I want to fuck and play pretend and this is how we're going to do it. And that's where a lot of this comes out from. Um, Blavatsky was borderline royal. Like peop- if you if you get a chance, because we can't talk about it too much today because we don't have a million years. Um, last podcast on the left did a multi-part episode just on Blavatsky herself highly recommend it uh it's super interesting if you're interested in her weirdness and her impact on the world uh, at large because she's had a huge impact oh yeah definitely go listen <laughs> oh to it. yeah she's <laughs> not not a good no, no 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 uh yeah influenced a lot of powerful movements yes oh, right God. uh so After finding Theosophy, Steiner has definitely tried to backtrack through his biography to imply that he has always been spiritually inclined, but even most of those stories are about him meeting other people who saw ghosts and shit. Pretty fun read, where you're just like, dude, 
you're making this up. Just make yourself the person that <laughs> oh, saw the yeah? ghost. Oh, yeah? You think I'm insane? Well, what do you think? Uh, what, what if I tell you what these four other insane people have to <laughs> <Yes>. say? <laughs> huh? Riddle me this, doubter. Yeah. Yes. This woman I met on the train confirmed it. Um, <laughs> so he claimed, and, and again, claimed as an adult. He did not claim this at the time. But as an adult, he claimed that at 15, he had a complete understanding of the concept of time, which allowed him some precognition and okay. signaled that he would be clairvoyant as an adult. Well, but also, like, hmm. we haven't even figured out how to make Terminator movies work. No one understands yeah. time. It's fine. <laughs> There's no way a 15-year-old was like, I understand all of it. Flat circle, whole nine. It's, I got it's it. Like a, it's like a way worse baby geniuses, which you would think is hard to do. But instead of a baby being a genius until they turn one or two, a 15-year-old for the span of eight minutes knows all about time. <laughs> <That goes away. laughs> I, I get it. I smoked weed at 15, too. I, I'm with him. I'm there. I also is baby geniuses in the same extended universe as baby boss or boss baby boss baby Baby, I don't understand why boss baby exists Uh, because Alec Baldwin needed a summer home page (laughs) I do but why are they making multiples why does it make money I don't understand (sighs) because the baby's the boss and could you imagine something so fantastic guys outlandish so astoundingly supremely just Wow. I mean, I, I imagined it when it was a sketch on SNL <clears throat> years ago, and it was Beck Bennett as a boss baby, and he is, for all intents and purposes, mentally an adult, and is, like, giving actual commands as a boss, but then physically is doing baby stuff, <laughs> which, like, and but, like, not stereotyped baby, mm-hmm. real baby, oh. which is what makes it really funny, <laughs> where he's, like... Clearly has watched a baby for a long time and then is like doing the like not having fine motor skills and not walking well. It's it shouldn't be as funny. Paige, as is, I love but. this idea. I'm going to give you four movies and a Netflix show where we can't hire the original actor. Well, oh, my God. Boss Baby has lore. I haven't seen the whole yeah. movie, but I've seen the third act and it gets okay. cr- it gets wild. Any anyway. Uh, we don't even fully understand time now as like an earth. Uh, and also, <laughs> if he at 15 understood time, why didn't he invent time travel? Like, that's the first thing you would do if you understood yeah. time. Can you do that, though? I mean, if he can understand the whole of the concept of time, he should at least be able to tell us how that could happen or if it could happen. Yeah, I wish my freaking wife would understand time enough to get out of the house on time. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to be ready at 7.30, Janet. <laughs> we will find it when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 too close to home. That's so real in my life. I cannot tell you. It makes my husband furious. Oh, yes. I'm Janet. I'm Janet. I will text people and be like, I'm on my way. And then I go back in and like do eight things <laughs> too close to home huh that's what we are right now <laughs> janet let's fucking go i fucking swear to christ if i don't get if i don't get a buttered popcorn and m&ms i will fucking leave i you. just need to find i bought a gift card for your sister and i need to bring it with us yeah oh my god that's a oh it's it's a combination of those things in my house where my husband 
loves me very much and is always like, I'm going to organize her workspace to make sure everything is mm-hmm. fine. And I'm a crazy person. And so I'm just like, I know I set that letter right there because I knew I would need it. So before we're leaving the house, I'm always just like, where is it? I know where I put it. And he's just like, I, d- I don't know. And yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, this fight no, happens I, every time we leave the house. I, uh, I I lost something last week and I thought I had left it at Vaughn's and I couldn't find it. So they gave me a bag of trash and I took it home and I dug through it in the parking lot. No, no, no. Yep. My driveway. Done and, it. And uh, I went to sleep. It was under my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> we we also have a cat, which like added level of complexity because like I can't tell you how many times the cat has like knocked keys into the sink. Mm-hmm. Or something oh, like that. Cool. <laughs> so you're just like, where would it be? Or I have definitely left like my phone in the freezer. Oh my gosh. You know. What? Oh, I've done that. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is Okay. All right. That's Lady what am I gonna problems. do? Stay <laughs> send a text and get an ice cube. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it is. It's always, people the ice cubes. it's always the ice cubes. It's so, always the I ice cubes. It's always the ice cubes. Where the fuck did I put that? And then you're calling it, but you can't hear it it's in the freezer. And then you go to get another ice cube to calm down because you've been looking all over the this house. This is the well, goddamn sometimes, Bible sometimes jokes all over again. Sometimes, <laughs> no, this is accessible. This is relatable content, just accessible. like Ellen's special. <laughs> but also, I've had phones overheat, so I do stick it in the freezer. Uh, and I have forgotten. Oh, I have had that So sometimes too. it's with intent. I'm my own worst mm. enemy. God damn it, Janet. I gotta cover Rudolph Steiner. Can we fucking go? <laughs> nice, nice. Fine. You'll have time to get popcorn. Anyway. My so. bitch wife was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> Who were asked to put their phones in those tiny little bags and then couldn't get them out. Uh, so around 1897, Steiner moves to Berlin where... Much like Goethe before him, he becomes the editor of a periodical, like a magazine. But he was so unpopular with both the readers of the magazine and the magazine staff that he was let go just in time for him to start self-publishing his own shit. Yeah, buddy, get it. Get that back. Get it. Write that dinosaur erotica. Do it. Wow, did he? Um, That's amazing. Good for him. He did not. But that's what most people self-publish on Amazon, and that's why I love it. Okay. Uh, so he publishes an article called Go to Secret Revelation, which was discussing the esoteric Shh. nature. Shh. Shh. It's all a fever dream, and maybe it's an allegory for Rome. Shh. <laughs> the Book of Revelation. Anyway, so... Uh, he's discussing the esoteric nature of Goethe's fairy tale, The Green Snake and the Beautiful Lily. Which, again, as I railed against philosophy last week, this is literally just one dude's thoughts on another dude's made-up story. Like, why? Why? (laughs) Why do we care? Um, but regardless, some people cared. And so this earns him the chance to speak at the Theosophical Society, specifically about his work editing for Goethe and Nietzsche. Mm. And he fucking nails it. Like, he crushed. Because they have him back all the time. They're just like, this dude is super into only thoughts and feelings 
and editing people who were mainly into thoughts and feelings. So he becomes buddy, buddy, buddies with Annie Besant, who is the successor of none other than Helena Blavatsky. Now, we don't have time to get into this too much, and I've recommended last podcast series, but here's what you need to know about this time in the history of theosophy. Blavatsky has just died, like literally a few years earlier, like six years before this. Damn, rip. Yeah, but this yeah. time it's rest and piss. Fucking hate Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> and some of her companions who had helped her found theosophy have also died, just of old age for the time. Blavatsky was 60 when she died, and a lot of the people she founded theosophy with were older than her. So part of the way that she had kind of conned people into joining theosophy was by asserting that they were the only ones with access to the Ascended Masters, and by extension, the Akashic Records, the first space library, the OG space library. Now, by they, I mean her, Annie Besant, and a handful of her kind of closest circle. And we got to talk about the Akashic Records for a sec, because they're going to be very important to Steiner. In the past, we've talked about this, and this concept of Akashic Records, air quotes, is not something that Blavatsky technically invented. Rather, she just kind of absorbs it. It was a concept popular in esotericism at the time. And the Akashic Records are essentially an invisible space library of all our past selves mm-hmm, and information, mm-hmm, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah, 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 can... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's from that scene in the prequels of Star Wars where, like, Obi-Wan is looking something up at a public library. Do you remember that, by the way? I do There's straight up a scene where he goes to a public library to use their, like, fucking computer to look something up. (laughs) I must go go to the planet Microfiche. Your midichlorians are late. You've got fees. They've been gone for seven weeks. (laughs) I've never seen late fees like this before. Not even Master Yoda has late fees like this. Uh, I I, I like the idea that since those prequels were best catered towards 11 and 12 year olds, Obi-Wan being like, excuse me, do you have a book on submarines? (laughs) In addition to this information, I need Elmo goes to the fire station. But also, do you have the new Goosebumps? (gasps) So, the Akashic Records, OG Space Library. Everyone can access it, but it's often controlled by their bias until they are ascended into one of the higher forms. Now, Blavatsky does bring the term Akasha to theosophy, and she uses it to mean life force. But she didn't name the records after it. Rather, she referred to the Akashic records as just, quote, indestructible tablets of the astral light. And it was Alfred Percy Sinnott who actually describes them as, quote, the Akashic records in his book, Esoteric Buddhism. And then everyone just kind of went with calling them that. Various people in modern theosophy and everything along the way have claimed to invent the Akashic records, which I find really interesting. When we, like, know the first time it was mentioned. Like, it's one of those things, again, where it's, like, feelings over facts. And people just not questioning it when people say crazy shit. Um, Regardless, 
It was pretty well accepted within theosophy that Annie Besant, Blavatsky, Henry Steele Alcott, and one or two other dead people were the only ones that could access the Akashic records with an unbiased eye. Until Rudolf Steiner brown-nosed his way in there. See, at this point, Annie Besant is basically the last survivor. She's one of the few people left standing. And she's not having a great time trying to manage and control a growing theosophical society that now spreads across multiple countries. So she starts assigning territories to outstanding pupils within the society. Now, Steiner, although not remarkable, does work hard, even if it's at bullshit. And that's what was happening here. He was the teacher's pet. So she makes him the head of the society for Germany and Austria. And in the process, he claims that he can also access the Akashic Records with an unbiased eye. And that's important to remember because it's going to factor in later. But isn't, uh, I'm sorry, the, the whole Goethe like science, isn't it all bias? Isn't that? Yes. Okay. Yes, Okay. Is. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I understand that those, that discord is, you know, part of the whole experience. Yeah. But it's it's <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, throwing yeah. my whole shit for a loop. It Well, and essentially what this is, is everyone's bias is bad except his. Does that make sense? Like, it's a classic case of the leader doing different than the followers. Yeah. Where if he's the only one who can truly see it for what it what it is, it's because he has attained that higher level of observation, which allows him to apply Goethe's participatory observation to the Akashic Records. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Mental gymnastics, for sure. All checks yeah, out. Yeah, it's like how everyone yep. else's taste in music sucks except for yours. That's yes. true, though. <laughs> yeah. See, now you're getting it. And also books and movies and food. Yeah. Yeah, no one appreciates Pigeon Murderer the way they should. <laughs> no, yeah. Although they went way downhill after the first song on their first album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no reason to shit on all their past work, but that is kind of what pigeons do. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to murder them because they went to my car again. Oh, I watched a pigeon die or a dove. Sorry, go ahead. What? Hold up. <laughs> Wait, Why no, did you say I watched a dove die. I felt nothing. Uh, I watched it fly into the tar pits. <laughs> Wait, directly? Like, yeah, like it went in. in. It, it, it didn't like dive bomb. Like, but it, it flew in, and I said, I hope it gets stuck. <laughs> and then it landed on top, and I said, can they do that? And the answer is no. And I watched it very slowly <laughs> no. get more and more oh, no. mired in the tar. Uh, oh, and it's like no. 18 feet oh. from like uh, the, uh, the the mammoth sculpture at the Librea Tar Pits where it's right. a family yeah. being right. torn asunder by the sheer uh, otherworldly power of tar. Uh, and so I was with my friend and I was like, let's not watch it happen. So we went for a walk yeah, no, around the grounds you. and then came back after it had passed. <laughs> Oh, I'm pretty sure that's like an L.A. omen that you're never going to find true love. I I think I said to her, let's leave before we become irreparably damaged. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so this is what it sounds like when doves die. Oh, I met Prince's doves. That's a weird sentence. Yeah, they're real dicks. (laughs) They're real assholes. Uh, We went to Paisley Park where they live in a small replica of his house. (laughs) What? Dude, go if you get a chance to go to Paisley Park, go to Paisley Park. It's weird as shit. Where's Paisley? In the Park? best way. Minneapolis. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Uh it's essentially 
Prince uh, wanted to build his own museum about his life. And so he was like halfway finished when he passed away. And then people who actually build museums came in and finished the rest of it. But you can clearly tell who did what. <laughs> because the Prince parts are fucking bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're just like, what a brilliant, crazy Half man. Half the sections don't even have names. They're just weird little symbols. Yeah, there's one hallway that he calls the Hall of Inspiration that's just a giant mural of people that he believes he has inspired and the people who inspired him and then him in the middle, like Jesus. But I don't know that the people that he believes he has inspired knew that or agreed to that. I don't discount it because he's Prince, but like... There's a whole, it's just like, why is there a giant mural of Beyonce? Oh, it's the Hall of Inspiration. <laughs> hey, I got, I hate to do this, but I got to go. I got to go use the room formerly known as bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I have to expel the shit formerly known as tacos. Yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. I got a little purple rain myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm wildly unhealthy. <laughs> I can't think of a worse color for shit. <laughs> <laughs> green okay I, i've red I've i get blue, it blue shit before. what uh from food coloring oh yeah i ate a lot of red velvet cookies once and i took a shit and <gasps> i was like oh my god i'm dying <laughs> i i have had that exact it was red velvet cake and i was at work uh-huh. and i thought i was i fully thought i was dying um it's all food dye it's all food, it's all dye, food dye or dye. beets beets will do it too beets will uh, do but it too, they're yeah. Baskin Robbins used to have this like berry blizzard smoothie in the 90s and they had to discontinue it because it would turn your shit bright like neon blue. This is like a (laughs) fucking plot point of Cujo, by the way. Wait, the people had neon blue No, the, in Cujo, there's this children's cereal that makes children uh, vomit what looks like blood, but it's just that there's like a very specific red dye that's in it. Y'all ain't never oh. read Cujo? Cujo me crazy. The book? No. That's why it's not a good book. It's a very bad mm. book. It's like... Is that when he was very much on coke? I believe so, yeah. Okay, cool. Maximum it's, overdrive it's, it's, years. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it's in the maximum overdrive yeah, years. There, it's yeah. a story about a giant killer dog, and a lot of it is not about a giant killer dog. In fact, I just told you a whole plot point about bad children's cereal. That's yeah, that I mean, that's book. really thrown me for... Uh, but honestly, what else are you going to do in... New England. Yeah. Yeah. With a Brady gone. (laughs) Shit. So back to the space library. I can't believe that this. I hate that that's the normalcy that we're going back to. That we're like, this has been a crazy tangent. Back to the space library. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he claims that he can read the space library books better than anybody else. And nobody really questions it. Because remember, this is pretty much all make-believe anyway. So. He gets to play Chaos Magician for a few years, and he gets super into Blavatsky's idea of something called root races. Mm. If you're not familiar, (laughs) Blavatsky believes that all of the people on Earth are descended from a handful of root races that existed in various parts of the Earth, some of which still exist, some of which don't exist. Some are newer, some are older. Specifically, Aryans are supposed to be the master race. Now... Huh. To clarify, that's not Aryans in the way that we in initially define or like that we would define it modern day. She is in part referring to a people that do still exist historically in 
usually like Asia, like Northern Asia. But um, she also kind of links them to the sunken continent of Atlantis. Now, fuck yes. Uh, within theosophy, there is some disagreement on the concept of both Atlantis and Lemuria. I don't know if you've ever heard of Lemuria. Some people think it's on the dark side of the moon. Some people think it's on Earth. It's a whole bunch of things. Could be in a hollow moon. So many questions. We've been doing this show a really um, long time. <clears throat> I realize that every time we have a guest on and we're like, obviously you've heard of Lemuria, right? <laughs> you've heard of the hollow moon yeah. theory, right? She um, said the We said theosophy earlier and I looked at Charlotte's face just blank and unknowing and I was like, oh, you poor sweet <laughs> summer child. It took, me, uh, it took me a while to uh, realize that you were saying one word and it's not the osophy. <laughs> Like an os- yeah. like osophy is the system of beliefs. Right. So Lemuria is supposed to be a different sunken continent. It's often associated with like darker energies, if you want to think about it that way. Uh, Steiner comes to believe that Aryans come from Atlantis. That's why they're the highest ascend- ex- ascended beings. And uh, from Lemuria, there's, as he would call it, quote, younger childlike races, which specifically means brown people and um here's my problem with Mm -hmm. that uh we know that ancient egypt and ancient ethiopia and the mediterranean and fertile crescent that there were black people in all of those places way before europeans doing advanced math and shit so anytime anyone in this belief system is like black people are childlike i'm like you're an idiot (laughs) like your racism doesn't even make sense like not that any racism makes sense but especially this does not make sense they've traced dna to they believe some of the first people came from africa so if you believe this and if you believe that that's why quote white people are better you're fucking stupid (laughs) like you are stupid, is all I'm going to say. But this is what Steiner believes. So, you know. Uh, and also, if you were raised Steiner or grew up and went to a Walter school and this was taught to you and you didn't know any better, I'm sorry. Uh, it's Wait, a what? whole lot of bullshit. Oh, we'll get to those next episode. Cool. He, cool, cool. he founds a whole, um, like a franchise of schools. <laughs> like the McDonald's <laughs> of schools. I was going to say, is there a Waldorf A and W? <laughs> it is so much more like a McDonald's of schools than you realize. And we'll get to it at the end of this episode. Beautifully efficient? Uh, no, paid for by a corporation. <laughs> um, so uh, all this to say, I understand that some people are born into this and this is what you taught and you may not have been taught correctly. Uh, now's your time. Now's your chance to get to know that root race theory is fucking nonsense there is literally not a shred of truth to it so at this same time steiner becomes super interested in christianity we're not sure why he doesn't continue with that ever i think he's just kind of throwing things at the wall to see what sticks but blavatsky and a lot of her theosophy followers were openly hostile to christianity (laughs) And the Catholic Church and Orthodox churches specifically, that's where Blavatsky had come from. And that's what she was kind of creating this society against, if that makes sense. Not against in a battle sort of way, but against in a more free thought sort of way. Uh, But this wasn't the full rift. See, 
the reason that Steiner starts to separate himself from theosophy was because in 1909, the Theosophical Society started sending emissaries to Adyar, India. Why, you ask? Because Annie Besant had been there and spent some time there and had met someone there, a young man by the name of Jinu Krishnamurti. They establish an order of the star in the east to support Krishnamurti's philosophical teachings, and they declare that he is the new reincarnation of Jesus Christ. Oh, tight. Cool. It should be noted that Krishnamurti was not stoked about this, didn't think he was the reincarnation of Christ, um, but still, let's hit up our list. Yeah, we have a fun little segment here, uh, Charlotte. Yeah, so every time somebody claims to be Jesus... We go through a list of all the people who have claimed to be Jesus, and we find multiple other people who are claiming to be Jesus at the same time as this other person. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. One of them was Boss Baby. You know that? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, right? that, I think there's a really good case to be made for that. How else would he be the boss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I believe st- firmly in uh, thebosophy. <laughs> yeah, thebosophy. It's the belief that Boss Baby is our most ascended yeah. master, <laughs> and he controls the space library, but it's really just a bunch of DVDs of Baby Einstein. Honestly, from what I've seen in that fucking movie, that that might not be far off. Oh, damn, really? It gets Fuck. like, there's like a whole baby world. I think there is a higher plane of baby. You know what? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't think it's worth getting into, or maybe I don't understand Helena Babyotsky? <laughs> yeah. Uh... Boss anyway, let's get into people who come. Who be- Sorry, you go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know when you find it. Okay, so people who have claimed to be Jesus. Uh, number one, John Hugh Smythe Piggott, around 1890, so right around the same time, he started leading meetings of the Agape Monite community, which we absolutely have to do an episode on after reading this. He recruited 50 young female followers to supplement its aging population and then, of course, married multiple of them um, and named some of his children Glory, Power, and Hallelujah. That's awesome. That kicks ass, actually. I know. Imagine if your name was Power. (laughs) There's a lot of people named Glory and Hallelujah. That's not as fun. Power? That's pretty awesome. Those sound like fucking Hulk Hogan's kids. (laughs) <laughs> they, they power do. And, and glory yeah. gloria yeah. yep oh my god do we do we have a synopsis for boss baby i got a little boss baby nugget that i'm gonna <laughs> okay. break off for you guys uh i'm only gonna read you a sentence from the plot synopsis on on wikipedia so boss baby's character's name first of all just named baby what yeah uh i guess that like makes the most driver? sense because like wh- if i saw it went in it was like boss baby otherwise known as garrett boss baby otherwise known as james smith <laughs> paul baby uh baby makes t- so tim is the older brother uh baby makes tim suck a special pacifier that allows them to see baby corp where babies come from most babies go to families, but those who do not respond to tickling are sent to management, where they are given a special baby formula that allows them to think and behave as adults while remaining young forever. This is so upsetting. What? That's so much more upsetting than I thought it would be. It's, yeah, there's, there's lore. Yeah. 
There's like lore lore. Tim takes baby LSD and then trips his fucking <laughs> balls off. And, and hum- essentially humorless babies, humorless children go to management. Yeah, I mean, that's the part that makes the most sense. It's honestly a really bleak look at at uh, you know organizational structures in corporate America and you know the, commodi- yeah. the commodification commodification of uh, yeah, uh, baby shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking baby <laughs> shit. What is this baby town? What is this baby town? Classic <laughs> oh, line. Oh, so uh next person who claimed to be Jesus, uh or rather didn't in more of a Krishnamurthy kind of way, Holly Selassie uh did not claim to be Jesus, disapproved the of claims that he was Jesus, but the Rastafari movement uh decided that he was the second yeah. coming. <laughs> And often refers to him as Jesus, even though he's like, yo, I'm not Jesus, though. Give so, us some pretty good Bob Marley slow jams, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was emperor of Ethiopia in 1930, um, which a lot of people perceived as the confirmation of the return of the Messiah in the book of Revelation, uh, which we have talked about a lot of different ways to interpret that book. Um, but. Even though he has passed away, he is often considered to still be alive by some kind of fringe Rastafarian movements. Uh, I'm guessing on that island with Tupac, <laughs> but there you go. They're under uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Ooh, yes. With Disney's frozen head. <gasps> so, <laughs> regardless, this was the straw that broke Steiner's back. Because, not because he was... And he, Again, he was studying Christianity at the time, so a new messiah should have been like probably right in line with what he was doing. Right. Except he had a very different view of the Aryan race, where the Theosophical Society believed that there were Aryan bloodlines in India and Asia, and specifically Tibet, which we'll get to later, but that's why Nazis go there. Um, oh, they uh, went but there. But he... They went there. Um... <laughs> And in part, it's because there are a group of people there called Aryans, not linked to what Blavatsky's doing, but they do exist there. Uh, Regardless, that's where the Theosophical Society was looking. But Steiner believed that because Atlantis and Lemuria are fully real in his mind, and Atlantis is home to Aryans, he believed them to only be truly white and European. So... He breaks with the Theosophical Society and forms his own society, the Anthroposophical Society, and he takes a number of the German members of the Theosophical Society with him because he is also couching this under this idea of being authentically German means being Aryan means being white. We are the root race. That's who we are. So y'all think. Y'all think the people of Atlantis went and fucked a bunch of otters and that's where manatees come from? Ooh. I, I think it just fell into the ocean. Otter pussy And people died. <laughs> that otter pussy yeah. hit different though. Otter pussy hit different. That's why manatees have such human ass pussy. Otters will actually take rocks and just bang them against your nuts Ooh, on their chest. Some people pay extra for that. They do. Yeah, and, then, and then like the otters are like sunning on the rocks and they're like, you want a piece of this big boy? And you're like, I had otter not. <laughs> boom up home run out of the park (laughs) 
So yeah, what is anthroposophy? I'm sorry. This is yeah. nothing. But no, if so you have a if an otter has a baby and it's a girl, he has a da otter. Da otter. <laughs> I told you it's nothing. That does nothing. sound Austrian. Well, well, while we while the Steiner train is is just stopped briefly, I did want to say, <laughs> do they drop straw out of the helicopters on the camels? Uh, in in Australia, was it? Yeah. Australia, no, the the videos I saw, they had sniper Oh rifles. shit! Right, I I but you <laughs> said just the, like the straw that broke uh, back, and I, oh, and I oh. like the idea of them just going no, but that's and a leaning good idea. out and dropping one single like, piece of straw, and then a camel's like, no, oh like, god. <laughs> Well, these kill turtles. It's worth a try. (laughs) (laughs) Janet, my fucking back. (laughs) If we had just left on time, we could have drank this before the paper straw disintegrated. But sniper rifles. Okay. So they shoot them. Yeah. You've never heard of the the sniper rifle that broke the camel's brain? The least dangerous game. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I feel like a camel can go ape shit. (laughs) Well, but you're in a helicopter with an assault rifle. Yeah, that's why we. <laughs> it is the least dangerous. That's why here in America, for humans, for camels, most dangerous. Here in America, when you want to hunt an animal, first you have to track it down and give it a handgun so it has a fair fight. <laughs> I I know that you want to give deer yes! handguns and attach them to their antlers. I know this is something we've established. I forgot on the that show. I said that, but as soon as you brought it back up, I'm back on board. <laughs> I just, I think it's a rough idea. I think there's going to be a lot of road rage incidents. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, with in the road. I, yeah, I'm literally from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. It is going to be, there's going to be a lot of losses. There. <laughs> Open season on humans. I've seen a lot of videos of deers just fucking running into cars. And I want to know what that looks like when they are armed to the teeth. Yeah, buck around what? and find out. <laughs> <laughs> what always amazes me is when they get like hit and then they just like pop back up and run away. <laughs> like they are just not even phased. Oh, I uh, took. I was with my dog in the mountains and there was a deer in the driveway and I just waited for it to kind of walk away and the dog was just frozen. But then when it got like into the next yard, she was like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Don't come back here. <laughs> That's right. This is my fucking rental. <laughs> Oh man! So, what's anthroposop anthroposophy? Anthroposophy? Anthropology? Fuck it. It's a great place to yes. buy a An- fucked up coffee anthrop- table <laughs> <laughs> for way more than you needed to. It's expensive as shit. Uh, but I'm glad you asked, even though you didn't. Uh, it's super. What dumb. is it? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's super dumb, and at this point, it's not well organized. But it's essentially whatever Steiner says goes. And he gets into weird shit. And if you try to read about this online, you'll get bogged down in nonsense because people who are pro Steiner or pro Waldorf have really tried to like spin a lot of the stuff that he has said in the past to make it more palatable for today. Because this is 100% nonsense. So a lot of it is Steiner kind of reskinning a lot of theosophy stuff. So Take theosophy as a baseline, because that's what we're working with. Uh, He keeps root races, he keeps Akashic records, he keeps Ascended Masters, all of it. But it gets weirder from there. See, Steiner, still super into Gautian science, basically declares himself a doctor of science, both natural and medical. Mm. He doesn't have formal training for either, outside of editing Goethe's works. He bases a ton of his beliefs on theosophy... But he decides to hit the ground running with some other shit, specifically his science shit. 
And he lets his perception do the talking, not research, which is why he ends up with some of the following beliefs. Are you ready? Absolutely. Uh, He does not believe that the heart pumps blood. He doesn't think the heart is a muscle. He thinks that blood just flows freely freely throughout your body, which, by the way, we know is not true. Okay. We have known for hundreds, hundreds, maybe even thousands of years that that's not true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He also does not believe that the brain is responsible for thought, but rather an intangible soul is. And he's not really sure what the brain is there for. Exactly. strange because so much of what I've heard of, like, you know, antiquated ideas that the brain is not the thought center, but the heart is is where that would live. But (laughs) nah, that doesn't exist. We're just full of a bunch of bullshit. Ain't do shit. Ain't do nothing. Well, he also thinks that maybe medieval doctors weren't so wrong about that whole humorous thing. <laughs> what? So in medieval times, uh, doctors believe that there were four different humors that controlled the body. It's like blood, bile. Um, there's like yellow bile, black bile. Wow, and bile like has really been else. backseated in medical science. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Unless you have GERD. Um, and, but that's why. Unless, <laughs> unless you, you have GERD. GERD. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. Wait, what? <laughs> Gerd. Um, but essentially that's why the practices of like bloodletting and things come about like leeches. It's to try and put your humors back into balance. Oh, totally. Um, but remember that humors thing for next episode when we talk about Waldorf schools. Man, so- there ain't nothing humors about bile. <laughs> um but those aren't even the worst. And I know all of that sounds like the worst, but we're about to get into the worst. Yeah. Because he believes that reincarnation and ascension is of utmost importance to life and medicine. Specifically, he believes that our spirits can access the Akashic records to see and plan the future as part of our ascension and plan every part of our, our future. So he believes that before we're born... Our spiritual beings plan out our life for the next cycle to everything, you know, like where we live, who we're born to, like who who our parents are, who our mentors and teachers are down the line. And if you plan badly or if you try to change the plans at the last minute, that's what causes birth conditions. Oh, God. So like. If you have differently formed limbs or Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, or no MS, heart, <laughs> ah, you don't no need heart. that shit. It's fine. A oh, what? Yeah, your blood, your blood flows <laughs> yeah. freely. It's fine. Uh, all of this is a result of your spirit not planning well. So every sickness you could potentially catch, anything that could impact the way you live your life in your physical body, is your. Are you fault. telling me what we need? I was going to say, we need more people to designate disabilities as moral fans. Yeah. Right? Are you telling me I got jaundice because my bitch wife wouldn't let me leave the afterlife? <laughs> yep. yep. I've got to be born, Janet. <laughs> you can get popcorn at the hospital. Um, they don't serve it anymore. They never did. Then just eat some of that crushed ice and be done with it. So, you know, that gives me a headache. by extension so a yes that means that every disability is quote-unquote a moral failing including ones gained via accident or anything like that so like let's say you're in a car accident and you end up paralyzed you planned that so you better just deal with it 
Um, but the implications of this are, are pretty far-reaching. Uh, also, different races are spirits that are on their way up the ascension line and will eventually reincarnate as white. And that's what they're Tight. going toward. So that's what he believes. So that means oh, that when okay. you inter... Yeah, so when you interact with people of a quote-unquote, his words, not mine, lower race than you, you should be nice to them because they aren't at the level Well, hold on now. Now I'm starting to come around to this. But not nice as in, like, nice as in pity them. Oh, well. Yeah, uh. not, not nice as in be their friend. Nice as in excuse, excuse and pity because they just aren't at the level you're at, oh which is fucked up. I'll, it's hey, super ascended up. beings, y'all mind if I get like twenty dollars from each of you? Is that cool? Come on! <laughs> and they're like, he's not there yet. <laughs> this is also just like it seems. I, I know that uh, theosophy is is often described, and we you, we called it this in this episode as like ascended Buddhism. This is a really fucked up take on that Buddhist trait of like you come into life facing the challenges that you need to to work on the thing that you need to like how in a gym you go in to work out your arms because it's arm day this is like buddhism gives you the challenges it gives you what you need life gives you what you need to learn what you need to um which is more of more of just a nice way of looking at life where it's like maybe this is a lesson you needed to learn but this is like straight up you plan this like you're in charge of your own destiny which is not the case in buddhism yeah i'm just picturing like planning out and like and then i'm gonna get hit by a car (laughs) this is so awesome this is so fucking cool and then when it happens it's like ah should have seen this one yeah. coming. <laughs> oh, I miscalculated. I thought this would be cool. I can't tell you how many times Charlotte planned to like lose her shit. And I don't mean like emotionally, I mean physically like lose her keys. <laughs> and then I'm going to put them in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid. <laughs> I did lose my keys the other day. Happens to the best of us. That's Armando. A- I've never lost a key in my life, but also... Yeah, you have. You got fucking locked out of your apartment when you had 38 spare keys to that apartment. First of all, the, having 38 keys is why I never lost a key. Second of all, lo- getting locked out of your house is not losing your keys. It's... Your keys lose you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so stupid. I had to call. I had to call somebody through my fucking, like, you know, the Google Home thing. Uh, through my open door because <laughs> I had a screen. The screen door was locked and I could see my fucking keys. And I call an Eastern European fucking locksmith who broke into my house in two seconds and was like, <laughs> imagine if you weren't paying me to do this and then walked away. Yeah. Yeah. That's basic. Like I got a, a, a locksmith once when I lived in Sherman Oaks and he came up and he just like bang. And he was in, I was like, Oh, it really is that easy. Yeah, I I should have realized that 2020 was going to be a bust because literally day one, January 1st, 2020, I got locked in my bedroom. <laughs> the doorknob broke. Oh, we had, oh was, no. we had to call a locksmith to come let me out. I lived on the <laughs> second floor. <laughs> I've said this before, but every time I've ever seen a locksmith work, I just wish that they would take an extra like three minutes to just, just pretend make it look harder. Yeah, yeah, just like, pretend yeah. it's oh, not man, that this fucking... one's really giving me a <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I've had them break into my car. I've had them had to break into my home and it's always just like three taps of a screwdriver and they're fucking in my life. Well, do you know why I there's just... so many Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I just feel like I should 
we should all just train to be locksmiths. I mean, it's there. There are uh, locksmith lockpicking like enthusiasts like groups. I yeah. mean, like there is for anything, but they have a very, very stringent uh, ethical code as to why <laughs> they do hope. it. And it's it's it sounds it sounds like LARPing, honestly. Like it's like this very like honor uh, driven sort of like it's like we do this, but not for not for nefarious purposes. And it's it's like a proud endeavor. I don't know how proud it can be. A man showed up in a Kia Soul smelling like four loco (laughs) and broke into my house in thirty seconds. Okay, these are these are big old padlocks and they get like like lock breaking kits. And yeah, and and you know why there's so many of them is because old padlocks are the closest to the human pussy. Try to unlock this bitch. (laughs) Yeah, they try to just mana teach each other how to open that puss. That was good. I'm picturing Thank two you. dicks, like the like the uh, picking a lock. Please, Charlotte, a lock dicking kit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, you have to do it for the right reasons. <laughs> I took a code whenever I decided to fuck puss. Well, codes are honestly what ruined the lock picking game. It's just yeah. There's no elegance to it. It's just oh. numbers. And it's always sixty nine, yeah. sixty nine. fuck yeah dude sick (laughs) anyways much like locked doors sickness is something that you're supposed to just endure for every ascension (laughs) because it's preparing you for the next one so they don't really want to treat the symptoms or the illness but rather the underlying spirit issue which by the way if you're familiar Mm. with Scientology which comes later very similar as far as a thought process um but it's a little problematic when somebody founds, I don't know, medical schools about it, which is what he kind of starts to do. And it gets a little popular, which is troubling, because they're super against something that has like just come out at the time, which is the polio and measles vaccines. <sighs> I understand uh, time now. Yeah, it's a flat uh-huh. circle. Yeah, okay. It's a flat circle, uh, and all of this is happening during a time of intense nationalism in the lead up to World War One. Following the war, Steiner goes on a speaking tour advocating his threefold social order, which divides the world between cultural, political, and economic realms as an option instead of democracy. And we'll get more into that next week, um, but. Those ideas get him a speaking engagement in 1919, where a man named Emil Moult invites him to lecture to his workers. He just happened to be essentially the CEO of the Waldorf Astoria Cigarette Factory in Stuttgart. And out of these lectures came the first Waldorf school. And that's where we'll pick up next week. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. So... Wow, cigarettes really came in late in the game. But late in the game. Hard. Big way. Late in the game, but hard. So, yes, a school sponsored by cigarettes. <laughs> I say we get back to that. I want <laughs> I want algebra brought to you by Marlboro Red, red Stripes. <laughs> I just I was just picturing tuition. It's like 2000 American dollars or like 14,000 Marlboro miles. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, can, you can get like a tui- tuition or a jacket. I just want to see a fucking social studies teacher be like, 
<sighs> you know who else was a cowboy killer? Urbanization. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like uh, I really like what Fitzgerald does in this passage, just like I like the smooth, smoky taste of an American spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny, by the way, that uh, nationalism's really only bad if you lose? I mean, if you win, <laughs> if you win, it's pretty USA, USA. I, I'm going to say it's bad either way. Oh, yeah, it's always bad. <laughs> but, but USA yeah, sounds I, a lot better chanted than Germany, Germany. <laughs> Prussia, like Prussia, 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 Prussia. <laughs> yes, Prussia. Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Charlotte. Yes, I had thank a you. great time uh, <laughs> uh, uh, sidetracking us. <laughs> that's this whole show. That's, that's why you're here. It's great. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on social media, MC underscore Lotta, L-O-T-T-A. You can mm-hmm. find me on Funhouse, uh, some stuff on com, And uh, yeah, check me out on, on social. I got a song coming out. I don't know when this podcast comes out, so it, it probably Monday. will be out already. Uh, this coming Monday? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so Friday the 27th, I have a new single that Mondo mixed. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm fucking excited about it. It's so, mom, Mom's Home on Spotify and other uh, streaming platforms. It's one of my favorite songs. It's I so I don't have good. My, uh, my, my plug uh, spiel literally locked down <laughs> all over the place. Mom's Home on music, Miklata, otherwise. Yeah, all of the songs are really good. Uh, I really enjoy it. Go check out Camp Betrayal on Rooster Teeth, by the way, if yes. you uh, if you haven't been watching it. Charlotte is fantastic in it. Um, <laughs> Very fun. You. And there's so many just different quotable moments. That joke from earlier, Baby Town, is, uh, is something that she said in an interview <laughs> during Camp Betrayal. <laughs> Which, it was all... Uh, night shoots so like every yeah. every like single line was said no no earlier than maybe like one thirty, two in the morning yeah it just gets more unraveled beyond there uh my favorite is does anybody need a hand and i rooted for it every time and yeah it, it, it ended sadly but you uh know. It, it did end but i kept it going even after i, I stabbed blaine in the back it. Appreciated his very very short back, his five foot six back. Oh yeah! On this podcast, we make fun of how tiny and small Blaine Gibson is. What? He's a tiny little fucking bitch boy of a man. man. I mean, it's not how I see it personally. Well, yeah, but you're also like what four seven? Yeah, Yeah, I'm not four seven. I'm an ascended five two. Uh yeah hey uh, if you're looking for a fun place to listen to the show can we suggest Rooster Teeth? Cock a doodle do. Yeah. We make bird noises and they Ooh. keep they keep telling us to stop doing it. I've gotten multiple emails from Farid asking me to please stop and I will never I will never stop. That's not <laughs> now Farid would tell you like a fact about a bird you'd never heard before. <laughs> like, did you know that? This bird does it. Like, wow, I I had no idea. Why do you know that? I I do learn something from Fareed every time I yeah. talk to oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah, He's yeah. Just yeah. like I watched this documentary the other day, and I'm just like, damn, where does he find all this shit? Yeah, Fareed sent me an email this morning that just said, "Did you know 75 doves die in the La Brea tar pits every day?" <laughs> oh, no. uh, oh, yeah. And Charlotte never has an alibi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's always mysteriously missing. <laughs> Hmm, we thought she was going to win Camp Betrayal on account of the doves, but... <laughs> uh, 
yeah, go check out our show on Rooster Teeth. There's a bunch of other fun shows there as well, like uh, season one of Camp Betrayal, season one of Last Laugh, uh, which Charlotte and I are both on season two. And it was uh, a lot of fun. It was a McLotta fun. Okay. It's coming out it in like like two, three weeks. Yeah, yeah September 9th. September. September 9th. Cool. Mm-hmm. Getting a root canal on the 7th. Wow. Fun. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Yeah. A laugh riot. It's going to be <laughs> so fun. Uh, you can download the app on your Amazon Fire Stick, your uh, Xbox, your Roku television, your mobile device. Uh, you can also go to the website, roosterteeth.com, check out all of the fun stuff that they have there as well. Uh, if you want to support our show, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Check out all the tiers and rewards we have there. Uh, yeah. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Mondo does stuff. M A N D O does stuff. Um, Oh, Labor Day weekend. I'm going to the Pacific Northwest. If you're there and you want to come see a comedy show where I smoke a bunch of weed and then do a bunch of comedy, uh, check out my social media. I love you and good night. Hey, Hey y'all, it's a girl. I'm I'm always here. Uh if you are in San Diego, uh September 3rd and 4th, I will be at the Madhouse for the weekend. Uh if you are super into roast battle, I will likely be battling either the 7th or the 21st. Prepare yourself. I'm still waiting to find out what's going on. Um and if you want to hear me more than this, you could listen to Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod. I am on both of those shows as well. You can follow me on social media at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. Thank you. Bye. If you want to follow our show on Instagram, you can uh, by finding us at Colt Podcast. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to ColtPodcastShow at gmail.com. And if you have the remains of doves that you have rescued from the tar pits, <laughs> you could send those to us at 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, shining. the Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this, I'm going to say don't drink anything rudolph steiner hands you it's not medicine yeah. it's not going to make you feel good and i know that controversial don't drink the tar from the labrea tar pits yeah don't drink the tar from the labrea tar no, pits okay well the science is not out <laughs> <laughs> don't I, yeah, drink whatever the boss baby juice is <laughs> you'll end up in management i'm not ticklish so they're putting me in the tar pit <laughs> <laughs> to die uh and don't drink the kool-aid bye, bye. bye.